Richardson. He's got Sahar in support. And again went for the spectacular. And this time it paid off. Smith, what's a good ball. He's onside. Kieran Richardson here. And he's made it four. United are on the way to Wembley and in style with Kieran Richardson's second goal of the season. They lead Watford now by four goals to one. Hello and welcome to the Manchester United podcast. I'm Helen Evans. Maisie. I'm Sam. We're on the road again. I was going to sing a little song. Maisie, what's the song? We're on the road again. Is there not a song about that? I think that's how it goes. I think those are the words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the words. I'm not going to sing. Yeah, it's fine. But yeah, after the last few weeks, we've been around the country, haven't we? Well, yeah, it's been, been abroad, yeah. Been abroad. Bit of yip yap. Yeah. Uh, we in London. Yeah, we're in London. It's nice, isn't it? Nice little and It's a lovely journey. day. Did you see that? Lovely day. Really nice day. Lovely day. Now that's a song. <laughs> Bit of Bill Withers. Yeah. I'm going to try and rope us back into football. Uh, we are in, a, for the second time, we're in someone else's podcast space. I know, we're getting used to this, aren't we? Yeah. Other people inviting us to their places. It's an ideal setup, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, Maisie, you and Kieran Richardson were at the club at the same time. We were. What are your memories? Um, young pup mm-hmm. coming in, but um, excellent footballer. Great technique, um, quick, and yeah, just uh, just a good lad. Was he? I mean, I don't know what it's like, obviously, but when you're in the first team and academy players are coming in, do you get word about? Do people say, "Oh, you want to keep an eye out for X, Y, Z"? Or is that not, not quite? Really. The... No, because you just see him in training, you see him um, in games and stuff. So you, you know, you learn about the players, and um, and some players you think got a chance, some mm-hmm. players you think not got a chance, and uh, obviously Kieran was certainly one of them. Great chance, and he did have so well for United. And a great atmosphere at that time. You're all at the cliff together. Yeah, Everybody's, the cliff were brilliant. Yeah. It really wasn't. Everybody's it? together, youth team, yeah. reserve team, first team. Yeah, it was um, It's amazing, to be fair, looking back at the cliff. I know, I remember going it was in that room and I was thinking, yeah. how did you all yeah. fit in here? Especially when you think about But the first, now. first team yeah. squads weren't as big as what? No, well, that's true. You know, it wasn't like a 25-man squad. No. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, I think it was first year, he, st- he came as an apprentice, would have been when we actually moved to Carrington so mm-hmm. it, would, it wouldn't have had much time at no. the cliff and now uh, obviously he's retired after an incredible career won the Premier League won the FA Youth Cup it's not bad is it no played for England scored in his England debut and uh, is now a watch dealer lovely can't wait Pecky's ad Maisie has <laughs> spoken to me in the train for two hours about watches yeah. no not a full two hours well I had a good chance come on hold on a minute you know, we did talk about makeup and you know perfume with like, you know, women's talk as well. Not just about watches. <laughs> Every, I mean, no, men, we had a good little chat. Do you know last time we was in London? Where was we like, last time? Well, we did, when we did... Um, G-Sung Park? No, when we did Ben Foster. That wasn't London. Like that was Leamington Spa. Leamington Spa. We had a right proper... She'd looked after me. She's like my mum. No. Comes out and she's amazing. There's a sandwich. There's another sandwich there. You, and a pasta dish. A few packet of, of crisps. Bag of crisps. A few, little bar of chocolate. chocolate. Yeah. Once again, And I'm what lost. did Maisie bring for me this morning? I don't know. There you go. Nothing. Hey, no, 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 no. Well, I didn't get an answer. Did a I? McMuffin. Oh, that's nice. Full McDonald's. Very nice. Class. And a Lovely hash brown. Thank you, Maisie. There you go. <laughs> Again, I'm going to rope us back in. Yeah, no, to sorry. What we're doing. So we are now sat in Kieran's studio that he uses for his podcast and his YouTube channel. We're in central London and it is a lovely sunny day. And we're ready for him now. There he is. Kieran Richardson. Kieran Richardson, thank you very much for hosting us. 
thanks for coming. This is becoming a little trend. We had this with Ben Foster, but usually it's us, people come to us. Yeah. And we've got the fun of coming to you. Uh, so tell us about where we are and what we're doing. So you're currently in our studio and we, I've recently started a YouTube channel off called Broad Talks. Um, my company's called Broadwalk Group. That's why we called it Broad Talks. And we talk about, we talk about watches, talk about football in there. We have guests as well. Mm-hmm. And we, we just started it really. So it'd be good for anyone to come support us with it. It's been amazing. Because mm-hmm. that's what you're doing now, right? You're, you're, you have a watch. Yeah, so, yeah so, so since, fa- since 2017, I set up my company mm-hmm. and I've been selling watches since then really, yeah. Cool, because I watched the episode that you put out like a week ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I recognize all this, but we're not in a shop. No. So is there a shop? No. Cool. So you just you just deal with people yes. that you know and yeah we we don't we I thought about get, getting a shop but I, mm-hmm. I don't need one you know the people we have the clients we have we don't need it we just obviously have people go and deliver the watches to them mm-hmm. to the house or wherever or we send it out shipping. Was that something you were interested in always as a player? Always, I've been collecting watches from very young. From I reckon twelve years old, I was collecting watches like Casios and things like that. And when I was sixteen. I got my first proper serious watch and from there throughout my whole career I would always be into watches and I'd always buy watches when I got like when I did something good got got married or had my first child I'd buy watches to mm. like symbolize things mm-hmm. that's cool isn't it that cool yeah on the train on the way no no on the train on the way down Maisie and I had very long conversations about watches didn't we yeah. Maisie yeah. <laughs> no, it's just, it's, just, it's just been a thing. I, I think it came from my dad as well. My dad was always uh, into watches as a kid, mm-hmm. and it rubbed off on me. And I just love him. You know, it's so. What you is it about? It's like a piece of jewelry as well. One is a piece of jewelry. I, I like, I like it. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. I've always liked to watch the watch. I've always, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like an item that represents me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, even though I'm not superficial and I don't look at someone's watch and I think, oh, they've got a lot of money. But I feel like it represents my personality at that time. So yeah. if I'm wearing a steel watch and a, a Rolex, it's like, oh, he's, he's a cool kid. Like, do you know what I mean? If I'm wearing a blinged out watch, mm. oh, he likes, he says a bit like, he wants, he wants attention. Mm. So I, 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 that's why I've always liked watches. It's just seeing what everybody's watch was. <laughs> so if, blinged, I, if, I had, watch. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a Casio, what would you think of me? Amazing. Amazing, Can't beat a Casio. Amazing, amazing watches. Um, and have you still got all these watches? Yeah, yeah I, I have. So the Casios. So how many watches would you have from Cas- your Casio to today? To today? My, my own personal collection? Yeah. I don't know. Too many. Do you think it's one of those things where like everybody has a thing that they like? Like some people are really into cars, for example. Yes. And you just, there's, it might be the mechanics or the look yeah. or the feel or the weight. You just, everybody finds themselves in an item somewhere. So with the Casios, for me as a kid, it was all about the, no cal- the calculator watch. Yeah, I had a thing so for that. Cool, it was so cool, it? right? It was so cool. Yeah, yeah. So I went through a period. Is where that because you weren't clever at school in maths? Probably, yeah. <laughs> you just like cheated a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. <laughs> so I went through a period. I, was, I love. I was loving that, and I, I took a break off Casios. I went back to it as well when I was older. When I was like 20, 27. Yeah. Obviously, I'm. I'm you started I'm, wearing it again. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. When I'm twenty-seven, obviously, I've got a lot of watches now, like bigger watches. And I went. I was, I was going on eBay, and I was like, I went, I went crazy. I bought about. I bought like probably fifty of them. All different ones, like they're cheap, like ten quids and things like that. And I've got them now. I think they're at my mum's house. I've probably got like six big boxes of Casios, all different ones. Yeah, all, uh, rare, all rare ones. All yeah. like. Anyway, do you think that's anyway. what that's what makes a collector? Because it's a real interest. It's not about the price or the name. It's yeah, the thing of course, that excites you. Yeah, for sure. I've, I have, as I said, I have all different ranges of watches. It's not all, all expensive watches. 
I just love watches itself. But as Maisie said there, it's about, um, I like the look, I, main things I like look of watches. It has to look good. I always say to people, my clients, myself, buy what you like because you're not there you're the one who's got to look at it every day and look at it and look at your wrist so you've got to like the look of it makes sense uh, something i like the look of uh sat just over there behind our camera mm -hmm. is a united shirt that's been signed i assume mm -hmm. by your teammates with your premier league winners medal yeah in it all framed up nice yeah that's, that's pretty special that's one of the pride and joys yeah so it was in our old office and obviously we bring it here now so which is obviously a massive achievement to mm -hmm. do that and yeah, it's one of those. That's pretty cool how you've done it as well. Never seen that before. Yeah. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah, it's amazing. And what what <laughs> year is it from? I think that's 2007. Yeah, I'm sure it's 2007. And the picture which we will so that, Yeah, so that picture there, you maybe take pictures later and show people. Yeah. Gigsy is jumping yeah, on your shoulders. That was when Rio scored. I think it's last minute he scored, maybe last minute against Liverpool. 2 1. Yeah. yeah. Top left. Yeah, amazing yeah. goal. Yeah, so, to be fair I should get him to sign it when he comes here he's here in a two weeks time I'll get him to sign it definitely it's also, an amazing picture you did say beforehand that you were an Arsenal fan there's a lot of Man United memorabilia in here for an Arsenal fan you know what <laughs> I was saying to Henry as well I've got an Arsenal bought at home when I was like 11 all signed by all the players I should bring it and pull it in the background nah. for our podcast but you're yeah. right much there's, better with them but I, I, you know what I didn't play for Arsenal so that's why there's, there's no Arsenal things around obviously I play for United that's why there's Mm -hmm. things yeah. around you know and that was just a great picture and I thought it'd be good for, the, um, yeah, for my room brilliant yeah. we'll talk about that Arsenal connection in a second but just because I'm the only person on this bench here the four of us mm -hmm. I think that's never seen a Premier League winners medal before okay. obviously Helen you've seen plenty yeah. Maisie you've got some yeah. Kieran that's obviously yeah. yours mm -hmm. it's not as, it's not as big as I think it would be no it's tiny but yeah, but they're bigger now aren't yeah they? I think they, they changed them now so what um, I've got also uh, my dad got made up for me was the, no, the, the, the trophy itself mm -hmm. we've got little mini ones made up they're at, they're at the house actually I can't even find it at the moment I was looking for it I said to my mum oh, I need it to put in the background yeah, for yeah. the podcast can't bloody find the thing <laughs> it's around somewhere but I need, I need that because it's, it's nice it's yeah. beautiful is it, is it heavy the medal? no it's not heavy it's light it's just a medal it's mate. not even gold Jeez, you know, I put a medal he's never held one this, do you not understand? you don't win anything in school <laughs> 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 no, it's just a light, man. It's, 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 I think it's gold, I don't know. They're not gold. And they're not gold, what are they? No. Bronze or something? I, I don't, don't remember. I just, they're not. No, they're a lot bigger I, now, I, though. I, I took mine to get thingy, uh, yeah. to get them all cleaned. Yeah. No, I can't touch that. I'll just rub all the gold. Same <laughs> as those little trophies. Go play. Yeah, yeah. really? Yeah. Oh. yeah um, football, was that always in your life? Yes. Where did the love of football come from? Yeah, it's like any, I'm sure any football say the same thing. We started playing football as a little kid in school from age seven. Then obviously over the years, you know, you start playing your Sunday league team and you start getting scouted. Went to my first club when I was nine, Wimbledon. I went to Wimbledon. Um, it's funny, I used to go to Wimbledon training. I used to play in goal. I didn't even want to be on the pitch. I used to just muck around. And my, my dad would say to me, you've got to play on the pitch. You're not, you're not a goalkeeper, mate. And I was like, I'm not even bothered, dad. Just play me in goal for a bit. And then obviously when I started playing Sunday league, I got, got scouted again for West Ham. And I was at West Ham from 10 to 14. And then from West Ham, I left to go to United. Oh, that was quick. Sorry. That was a quick life sorry, story. That's too quick. Sorry, sorry. Um, was your dad a football fan? Yeah, there's a massive football fan. He's a West Ham fan, a massive football fan. Dad played football when he was young as well. He, um, he played for Chelsea up to the age of about 18. Oh, wow. Then he got released. And I read that he had a season ticket at Arsenal. Yeah. So why did he not have a season ticket at West Ham? You tell me, mate. It's baffling. It's no, very you know complicated. What? His group of friends were Arsenal fans. Mm -hmm. I think he just got one just to go with them and have a bit yeah. of banter. 
Mm. Uh, but he's a massive West Ham fan, massive. And he used to take you each week, I guess. Yes, I used to go to Arsenal with him, watch Arsenal. Um, Ian Wright was massive, massive. Um, I'm a massive fan of Ian Wright as a kid. You know, saw a little picture of him on the wall there. Yeah, actually, so yeah. right, yeah, right. He's been here. He's done. He's done a podcast for us. Um, he's one of our good friends. But yeah, now Arsenal was Ian Wright for me, and then I just loved the club from there. Really, and it's, I remember going to United when I was on trial as a kid when I was 14. I was wearing an Arsenal top. I went, mm. up, went up there with Arsenal top on. Mm. Everyone saying, "Why are you wearing that top? You're in Manchester, <laughs> mate." I'm like, I don't know, mate. It's like Arsenal. <laughs> so, is that when the interest really started? from other clubs at that age was it about 14 yeah so 14 years old um, my scout was Malcolm Fidgen he's passed away now he's a man, used to be a Man United scout he's the same guy that took um, David Beckham to Man United right. and he, he was the, he was a scout down in the south who mm-hmm. represent like he would come down take all the boys from London up to Manchester so he took me up to Manchester when I was 14 I had a trial I remember that I remember as well the first trial at Littleton Road I didn't even do well really and I remember beating myself up and saying to my um, dad and my scout oh, I didn't even play well and uh, Malcolm was like don't worry you'll come back and you'll show and I went back the second time and that's when I showed my true my mm-hmm. true colours and they realised yeah, okay cool and it went from there really mm-hmm. Who were your heroes going to watch Arsenal I guess? Obviously Ian Wright was my, one of my heroes Dennis Bergkamp um, Ryan Giggs was my hero as well even though I supported Arsenal Giggs he was at the time was we know when he was 2019 just yeah. killing it and I, I used to look up to him as a kid I even had the uh, Man United jersey the black kit the, no the black and purple one with gigs on the back in yellow and I went to the um, is it Bobby Charlton Bobby Charlton Soccer yeah. Yeah. in Manchester I went there when I was probably 11 or 12 maybe and I went to a Man United game Mark Hughes was up front I remember even I didn't support United at the time my dad sent me to one of them soccer schools and I loved it I remember I went to Old Trafford it was, I was like, wow, I've never been to a stadium like this before. And Mark Hughes was playing up front. I'm sure he scored that game. And um, even though I, I never thought about Man United then, I, I didn't visualise me playing mm-hmm. for United. It was always like Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal. So when uh, the time came for Man United, it was like, wow. I, to be fair as well, I had a chance to play for Arsenal. Did you ever think you were going to play for West Ham? I did. No, <laughs> I, was I, that, You were there as a kid? Yeah, like. I was there. I did, I did. When I was there, honest, I, I, all I thought about was breaking into the team at West Ham yeah, as a yeah. kid. When I was 12, 13... I used to think about all the time playing for West Ham, obviously. And we had like I had Joe Cole, a few years above me. Yeah. Rio just broke into the West Ham team, so I had people I, was, I used to look up to. Mm-hmm. I want to be them, be like them. But when the opportunity came to go to United, and it wasn't you know, you know what it was when I went to Manchester, the, it was just amazing. I just loved it. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. I, I, I went to Manchester, and everything seemed a bit more professional compared to West Ham. The coaches were better. That's one of the main reasons why I went to uh, Man United. Is this when you were 14, sorry, or during the soccer schools time? this is when I was 14, 14, 15. I fell in love with the coaching, the whole club. It was was a massive thing for me. Mm -hmm. Do you have any brothers or sisters? I have one brother. So my brother is 12 years younger than me. Ah, okay. I think he's 12, yeah, 12 years younger than me. So when I left when I was 14, he was only two. Yeah, yeah. So I've never even grown up with my brother, really. I've never been in the same household. I was in Manchester at 14, 15 in Diggs. So even though me, my brother, me and my brother are close, mm-hmm. but not, not 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 that, no, that's hard. You don't live in the same house yeah. and things yeah, like yeah. that. What was it like moving up to Manchester, being a guy from the south? Yeah, yeah. Did it feel like a million miles you away? Be careful, eh? <laughs> you you know it is, and I know you move up. You, you get you get the banter from all the boys, are oh, big time Charlie, London, all this mm-hmm. thing like that. But I really I loved it. Mm-hmm. The, the, everyone made me feel welcome. You know, as I said, the coaches, um, Paul McGuinness 
He's not there no more, he's left. No, he's left. Paul McGuinness, Cookie, uh, Neil Bailey, all these guys, Eric Harrison, they were just proper nice guys. So Eric was still there when you... Eric was still there. Yeah. So when I, when I went there, Eric obviously had retired, but what Eric Harrison would do, he'd come in now and then in Littleton, not Littleton Road, the cliff, when we used to go to the indoor training, you'd take, take sessions. And he was, he was hard, but he was a top, top coach. Mm. And this is what I loved about Man United. You know, we, they, they had the best and I really loved it. Um, going to school in Manchester as well was a massive thing for me. I wasn't, when I was going to school in London, I wasn't really doing well in school. But when I went to Manchester, it was like, I don't know what it was. I loved the school. Um, Ashton Mersey and Sal mm-hmm. went to the the headmaster was amazing. Yeah, Dave Bushell helping the kids as well. It was like my whole everything just clicked for me. It just fell into place, and it really, I really loved my time there. Mm-hmm. Who was in Diggs with? So I was in Diggs with David Jones, which is he's had a great career as well. Yeah. David yeah. Jo- Jonah, um, who else is there? Rankin, Rankin, Rankin was in my digs. Rankin was in my digs. What's that other guy's name? It'll come to me later. Uh, next door, obviously, we're, we're on Cecil Avenue, Cecil Avenue, where we all lived. Next door, we had Fletcher next door. We're Shazy next door. Yeah. We was all tight together in, in the same little cluster. And then obviously, it's really, some, a lot of guys have gone on to make it from that. Yeah, that I was just thinking. There. Yeah, Because a lot of times we speak to people and say, who were you in digs with? Yeah. Sometimes we don't necessarily know, yeah. know the person they mm-hmm. live with. And he went Chris Eagles around the corner, around the corner. He went far away. But no, the Cecil Avenue crew was. It was I had Mad, Mads Tim next door, the other side. Ben Murad as well. Are they still doing digs out there in that Cecil Avenue? Are they still doing it? They still do it in Sale, yeah. Do they? I'm not sure what street, but yeah, because my, my, my where I live was on the same same road as my school, so I used to come to my house, just walk perfect. to school. Yeah. It, was, it was perfect for us, and it was really um, really good. So you made the decision at 14. Who spoke to? Did someone speak to your dad? Did you make that decision? How did it transpire that you said, right, I'm going to go and join Manchester United? Yeah, my mum didn't want me to go. Right. You know, you know, mums don't want their kids to leave yeah. home. It's young. When I think about it now, it's crazy young know, to leave home. So yeah. I can't imagine my daughter to leave, leave in my house at 14, 15. I can't imagine it. But ultimately, it came down to me. And I said to my dad and mum, I, I want to go. You know, I really, I really feel like I can do something there and it's a great opportunity. It's not like Man United don't come calling every day. Mm. And I, I knew the magnitude of the club. And I, and it, it, for me, I just loved it when I went there. When I was going up in trials and things like that, I loved the whole city. I loved it. I loved going to Littleton Road, uh, going to the cliff. These places were just unbelievable. And obviously, when I signed, I think we just moved, we, we were just moving over to Carrington. Even though Carrington was amazing, sorry, I didn't. I'm lying there. When I when I signed, when I was 14, 15, we was at Littleton Road and the places like that. But eventually, we moved over, moved over to Carrington, mm-hmm. the bigger bigger training thing. I, I like Carrington. It was good, but. I had more banter and more at when I just go Littleton Road and the cliff and that it felt more home for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you Even were all kind of together. Yeah, there, everyone, was, everyone was tight fixed and it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was great. Do you remember Maisie? Yeah, of course. Of course he does. Well, no, I'm just... I meant, I meant in a way that... Do you remember him around the training ground? Yeah, of course I do, mate. Fun and games. Maisie was bloody a nightmare, mate. At the point you were talking about you and the players and the magnitude of players that you were surrounded by when you were in digs, mm-hmm. Was there, I don't know, did you feel a bit of expectation around you when you moved around Manchester? People say those were the young lads at May United because I suppose this is only, what, four or five years after the Class 92 have come through and really established themselves. Mm-hmm. And people probably now, obviously, the academy has always been so successful at United. But when so many came through, people then looking at the next lot going, well, what are these guys going to do? I think 
when you're coming through a youngster, you, you, you're you just focused on yourself and just trying to do well for yourself. I'm not there thinking about David Jones or Darren Fletcher next door. I'm just trying to focus on my own game, mm. even though they're great players as well. But ultimately, you, you just want to make for yourself. Um, was there pressure? I think there's pressure any club as a youngster. One thing I always wanted to do at Man United was win the um, FA Youth Cup. Mm. And that, uh, for me, that was the pinnacle. Even when I was a young kid at West Ham, I always used to think of FA Youth Cup because it was like a symbol where if you win that, you nine times out of ten, one person or two people might make the first team. Mm-hmm. And so that has always been a thing in the back of my mind. You know what, if I win the FA Youth Cup with Man United, I might get into the first team. And, I, and I, when I might, obviously we won it. And we had a good team and obviously a few lads went on to have good careers. So it was, it was a good thing. Wow, I love that. Because uh, just people talking about the FA Youth Cup because it's oh, so special at that age. It's the biggest. Yeah. Honestly, it's the biggest. And obviously... We know the history of Man United with the class of 92 yeah. winning it as well. And I remember that the, the final, FA Youth Cup final, all the first team would come and watch. It's just like the thing they do. They'd mm-hmm. come to Old Trafford and our final, we had, like, we had Bex there. We had everyone there come there and watch. And then we won it quite comfortably, but it was just a massive thing for me. I, I knew that if I could do well and be one of the main players mm-hmm. in that team, I'd try, I'd, I'd try and get my, I'd hopefully I'd get my chance in the mm-hmm. first team. And I, I did. To be fair, when I played in FA Youth Cup final, I think I thought I was already trained with the first team a little bit anyway. Okay. Who was your coach for that side? Uh, my coach for that side was, I think it was, um, I think my manager, Chucky. I should I say. Think it was Chucky. Chucky, yeah. I think it was Chucky. You know, because Neil, Neil, Neil Bailey left. Yeah. I'm sure Chucky took over. Yeah. I think it was Chucky. So when you first went, were, was your manager Paul McGuinness? Yeah. Yeah. Paul, Mc, Paul McGuinness is my guy, man. Yeah. No, honestly, top guy. I loved him. He's, what, what was so good about him? The demand he put on players, mm-hmm. the way he spoke to me, um, he was a good player as well, mm-hmm. mate. He, he could, he could like, no, he showed demos and he's like, he was a player, mate. Mm-hmm. He was a really nice guy. I just everything I, lo- I just loved about him. He was, he was a bit not regimented, but I feel like he was a strong character. He, he got, he knew how to get the best out of players, and I'd, I'd never come across anyone like that in my career as a young mm-hmm. kid. When I was at West Ham, I know they were good coaches and that, but they weren't like Paul McGuinness. And that was probably one of the reasons why I went to Manchester. I said to my dad, you know what, this guy's proper good coach, dad. Like, I want to go there. And, they, you know, he, he, had a, he had a great, um, he was a great coach at Man United throughout mm-hmm. the whole of the time he was there. Mm. Did you guys go in the Milk Cup? Yeah, we went to yeah. Milk Cup. I love the Milk Cup. I've won the, I've won the Milk Cup. I won it with uh, West Ham. I didn't, win it, I didn't win it at Man United. But well, we got to the final Man United. Mm. I think we got beat 5-0 in the final against mm. Chile. Am I, am I wrong saying that? We played, I, think, I think it's unfair the Milk Cup because... It's a great, best, um, unbelievable tournament. I said, mm. love. I've been there like five times at the mm. tournament. But I remember we played, Ch- we played Chile in the final. It's their national team. Yeah. As a national team, going into <laughs> teams like, you know what I'm saying? It's a, yeah, bit, yeah. a bit unfair. <laughs> I remember they smashed us, mate, 5-0 in the final. They were they were good, bruv. Yeah. I never was like, yeah. But they didn't go on to win the FA Youth Cup, did they? No, they didn't. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure some of them playing must have, must have careers because they were just yeah. on, on another level. And we had, we had a good team, but playing against Chile national team you know South American as well had, had that swag and that yeah. they were just, they were, they were, it, was, it was easy it was yeah. easy for them at what point during your academy football days did you notice like oh players are being cut and I'm still here and I've made it to the next age and I've made it to the next age and you start thinking might be a career here yeah I think from I think it was like 15, 16 where people were getting cut from, from school time going into full time at United if they cut people there um was I worried about that I wasn't really thinking about it. I knew that I was one of the top players in the team I backed myself 
Um, a lot of my friends, some of my friends did get cut. So a lot of them did. Um, but it's, it's the game, isn't it? Not, yeah. ev- not everyone can make it. And it's, it's hard. So many people talk about the mental strength mm-hmm. at Manchester United. Did you mm-hmm. see that at the time? Or do you reflect and look back at that time and think that was the difference maybe? Yeah, I think it's like anything. I think when you've got, when you've got a good family behind you as well, it's very, very, I think, I think it's very good. I always had my mum and dad in my head, mm-hmm. keeping me grounded, telling me things to do, work on. I feel like some players might not have a dad there helping them and mm. so they're, they're on their own. They're mm-hmm. just with a single parent mum. Mum just concentrating, just paying the bills, not yeah, thinking yeah. about the kids. He's out on the streets or doing whatever. So it's hard. So I, I do think that's a big benefit when you've got a good family structure behind you, encouraging you to do, to, to do better. But you know, it's, as I said, it's so hard making it as a mm-hmm. footballer. It's very slim. Mm-hmm. And what were your first training sessions with the first team like? My first training session with the first team, I was saying this before, um, I, I always got in my head training with Yap Stam. I don't know what it is. It's, I was, in my head, I remember it was Dwight York, Andy Cole, Yap Stam was there, there's a group of us. I must have been about, I don't know, 16, training with the first team. And obviously you're very nervous. And, you know, it's, 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 I can't really think about it right now, but I remember being nervous, but I also remember after the train session, going home, ringing the family, talking about, you know what, I just trained with X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. And it just goes on from there. You know, you get more confident when you train with the first team and it just leads on from there. Mm-hmm. Did you have any, did you have any uh, pros to look after? Any what pros to look after? Yeah. No, nah, so when I, so when I was, so yeah, at, at Carrington, at Carrington, it yeah. stopped. All that stopped. That that was more obviously the cliff. Yeah, the big room. So I, it, it all stopped because I I love cleaning boots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was good at the time at Carrington. Albert used to clean all the boots and throw all the first team. Yeah, yeah. And but I, I I enjoyed like even sitting there watching him to clean the clean their boots. It was like a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I didn't. I didn't get no chores or anything. No. Yeah, chores. Yeah, did of course. Why did you get all the drinks and all that ready? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so um, such a big sure. chore. No, 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 said that. Like, no, 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 one second. One second. Pump, pump all the balls up. First team. Difficult. Take them up. No, like, like, you asked me how many chores. What oh, chores? Oh, oh, oh. I'm telling you the chores. It's, a, there. it's a machine on the side of the room. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But I'm saying <laughs> pump, pump the balls up. Take them out for the first yeah. team. All the bibs and that. Do the drinks. All the Vimto drinks. Get all ready. All the powders in and all that. What was the guy? Lines it. Jeff. Jeff. Je- uh, Trev. Trev. Trevor Lee. Trev. Trevor yeah. Lee. Yeah. Is, he, is he still there? I don't think so. No, no. but we used no. to get all the drinks ready for the Dietitian, first team yeah. and things like that. After the first minute, finish training, go out there, collect all the, all the stuff, yeah. bring it in. So there was chores for them. I didn't actually realise that you guys did all that. Did yeah. you, Sam? No, I assumed it was coaches. Yeah. No, no, play, players, players have got to do it. Yeah, players have got to do it. Collect I wonder when that bit. stopped. Yeah. You're not doing it no more? No. Yeah, maybe it hasn't. Maybe it's just an assumption. No, surely not. don't do that now. No, you're right, to be fair. What did you Maybe. do? You were quite a... Uh, so you team or reserves? Actually, no, no, I... I, I team. Yeah, team I, team. Reserves won't do it. Youth team will do it. No, yeah. I, we'll we'll collect for the reserves that's... as well. We'll collect for the reserve right, team as well. Right, okay, yeah. yeah. The, fir- the first years, the first years do it all. Mm. Which is which is good. Yeah. Which yeah, You know what, what I always say... It's a hierarchy, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I, I say when I'm in business now, I feel like my... Because of my background, I feel like I'm very structured and I'm very regimented. Yeah and I know what to do and things like this I, I, I like I'll never be late for a meeting that's what football does to you it does it? we're like yeah. soldiers yeah. so when I when I'm, I would say to Henry don't be late to work and when he's one minute late I, I, I let him know about it 
know what I'm saying? So Henry's people, sitting Henry's in the corner. Henry's just sitting in the corner there. No, because <laughs> as, as we know from football, if we're late for meetings, oh, the bus is gone. Bus is gone. Yeah. You get, you get, you're going to get fined. Yeah. Or the main thing is you upset the manager, mm-hmm. and he, he might not play you. It's a big thing. So mm-hmm. I really. Even when people want watches off of me, I say to them, it's going to be there tomorrow at 12 o'clock. I know it's going to be there. I'll make sure it's there. Mm-hmm. So I feel like football's brought that for me in, in, on, on a business level. Any fines? Yeah, month's wages. <laughs> month's wages. <laughs> but the discipline to me. You can only get done two weeks' wages, mate. <laughs> Don't tell him that. Don't tell him that. <laughs> Don't tell him that, mate. <laughs> the discipline that Manchester United brought, I think, was quite unique. I'm sure other players or teams were like that, but Manchester United had a uniqueness, and a lot of that came from Sir Alex Ferguson. Definitely. You know, we all know, know how great he, great he is and great he was but you know that you had that aura around the place where you loved him but also you were very scared of him as well at the same time and he, he had that around the place and even not even um Silas Ferguson all the all the coaches always been like that you know yeah. chockies and places like that. they've always been about being correct being on time it's a big thing mm-hmm. you know and it, I mean right um so yeah you, you're correct though saying it I'll jump in for everyone listening if you don't know who Chockey is that's Brian McClare oh sorry yeah. Brian McClare a few yeah. people might have heard him a couple times yeah um, did you get many fines nah nah not, I can't think of any if I'm honest solid. maybe in my actual career mm-hmm. getting sent off two weeks wages something like that but yeah mm. which is harsh <laughs> which is terrible I, I fought it and got it binned out <laughs> um, but no when I, was, when I was a young kid nah I didn't really get no fines really nah air dryers oh yeah, yeah of course all the time all the time not all the time but I mean like from yeah. Sir Alex or you mean anyone yeah in, in general from yeah. my career I've had hair dryers but Sir Alex Ferguson did I have a hair dryer mm, I can't really think of one maybe one actually um, pre-season tour in America I was probably just playing AC Milan I must have gave the ball away and he scored and they went into score and I got a hair dry treatment then but nothing really I can think of mm-hmm. no. which is you know what it's, it's football I, it's, you can take it's it you can't if you, if you can't take it mate, you've got, you've got to get out of the kitchen mate there's a famous story about Roy Keane yeah. telling you to turn around yeah turn is around that, do what and go home because uh, you turned up with your music really loud yeah so this is Henry was telling me something there about his story complete rubbish which is crazy um, don't know I don't know how these things get out or how they get into like I don't know the whole thing is complete rubbish um, there's no way that Roy Keane would tell me to go home and I would actually listen to him mm. even though I've I got massive respect for him you know he's throughout my career he's been a massive thing for me you know he's been my manager he's been my captain you know I've, when I went to Aston Villa was one of the main reasons why I went to Aston Villa because Roy Keane was there assistant manager and I've got a great, great relationship with Roy mm-hmm. but um, I would never I, I don't I don't so it's a story someone's made up Roy, if it, if it did ever happen, like turn your music down, if it did happen, just turn your music down. Yeah, I'll, I won't go home like yeah. Yeah. and not leave training, would I? Roy, does, Roy doesn't have that authority to do yeah. that. Do you understand? So that's where the story's a bit stupid, where people need to really think about it. Um, but no, I, I, I've got massive respect for Roy. Mm-hmm. He's a massive figure in my career. And uh, I love the geezer. Even now when I watch him TV, he's top draw. Sam's the kind of person that believes these stories yeah. you say. No, look, I read it. I, I thought, well, I thought the same thing. No, I but thought, you know what? It's good that you said it. Yeah. So now it's clarified. Yeah. I did think it's believable that if you turn up the training yes. with your roof down, your music yeah. really loud, that yeah. Roy Keane, if he was there, would say something. Turn it down. Yeah. I get that. And I thought, that's not go home. You'll that's, get home. That's the, that's yeah. why Maybe I you know. Is, is, is yeah. any way we're going to go home? <laughs> no, you won't go home. I'm only going home if the gaffer tells me to go home. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm here for training. I'm not yeah. going home because Roy said go home. Yeah. I'm going home because the gaffer said go home. That's the only way. Um, 
you've talked about how it was a gradual process at all the way you talk seems like it was quite easy to get to that first team step but of course it's not, not when did the moment come when you thought i'm getting closer here and this is going to happen you know what it is with man united it's like one minute you think you're close then you're not mm-hmm. you get a setback you um so that's focus very smart with how he plays things he knows how much to give you and how much not to give you so sometimes you're trained with the first team and then you won't go with the first team. You'll go yeah. back to with, with the reserves for two weeks. You know, it keeps you on, on the leash type of thing, getting you hungry for it. Uh, the time, the, the turning point for me, I'd say at Man United, uh, we actually thought that um, yeah, made it in the first team. Mm-hmm. I'd probably say I went on loan when I was 20 to West Brom. And we, 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 had, we had a good time on my, on my loan. Mm-hmm. I remember pre pre loan, I wasn't really doing much at Man United. I was coming on here and there, playing in Carling. Well, I can't remember what it's called back then. Yeah, Carling Cup. Carling Cup. Wherever it was, Capital One Cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, coming on, having appearances here and there. And the gaffer, he, he knows when you know it's time for you to go on loan, learn your trade a bit more, get regular games. And he sent me on loan to West Brom. I remember at that time I could have gone to Norwich or West Brom, but I chose to go West Brom with with Robbo was the yeah. Robbo yeah. was the manager. Obviously, we had the connection with Man United. So I went to West Brom. I'd done very well there when I was 20. Got called up for England. You've got to remember, when I left Man United, I was just not really doing nothing at Man United at the time. So it, only until I went back to Man United the following season as a full international, where I actually thought, you know what? If, even if it don't work out at Man United, I'm probably going to have a career because I've played mm-hmm. my country already. And people know me now. I had a good, had a good season in the Premier League without Man United. So I kind of knew that... I, even though I love Man United, I always knew that uh, there would be another life after Manchester United because mm-hmm. I've proven it already. Before that loan, you obviously made your debut for United. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like? Champions so, League, right? Yes, yeah, so my first. Would you play in that game? Olympia- oh, you're asking me. Olympiakos. He never yeah. remembers. 2003. Would you was play in that game? Possibly. Possibly, yeah. So, yeah, Olympiakos away. 20 years ago, mate. Yeah, I actually, I actually, I actually started. I actually started that game. Okay, I'll have a look. I remember. That was your. Oh, really? You didn't was, come on no, as a sub? No, I actually first started that game. I started, mate. I was, I was peeing myself. I actually started that game. I, I, didn't, I didn't come on, I started. I remember Mads Tim came on. He, he came mm-hmm. on. I think that was his only one appearance, Mads Tim. He, he had a bit of a stinker and I never saw him again. But you know what it is as well? I feel like Mads Tim was a great player at youth level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, it's, as you said, it's all up here. It's mm-hmm. mental. You've got to be mentally strong for it. Yeah. And I feel like that, at that time when he, he came on, he didn't really do too well. But I feel like from that moment, his confidence got knocked out of him and he didn't really come back from that yeah, yeah. and obviously he had his whatever happened off the field but it just shows you if you're really strong up here you know you, you can do well in mm-hmm. the game was it at Old Trafford? no it was away because I've got the away game here Yeah, but it says you came on in the 87th minute and that Maisie was on the bench I was and on the bench I remember two. that no it was, it was away I remember it's boiling yeah. hot mate that's what this, is, this, this, this is the away oh yeah that, that, that was my Champions League debut starting yeah. but my actual Carling I came up for my actual debut debut Yeah. I came on uh, as a sub and scored at Leicester I bet that felt good at, at Old Trafford at Old Trafford at Old Trafford I remember Oli Oli set me up bang header against Ian Walker I remember Bex Veron everyone ran over to me <laughs> I was like oh, mate that, that was, that's when you think oh my god this is mad but as I, when, you, when, you, when you're playing football you don't really you don't take it in so much you just concentrate about just being a footballer not until when you sit back now mm-hmm. at 37 years old retired 
you think about you think about achievements. He's like, mm-hmm. you know what, done all right, mate. It was, it's, it was, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, you don't think about it. When no, you're it's just like, in the moment. Don't, yeah. In the moment, you don't think about. I just won the Premier League. I don't think about. I just won the Carlin Cup. I just scored a hat trick or whatever. At the time, you just think about the next the next game. Now I just move on. It's finished about that. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the Arsenal next week. I got I got I got, I got to deliver. I don't yeah. think about I had a great game last week. But after your time in West Brom, you must have been thinking about Manchester United and the career that was might that have been year, ahead of you then was that the year you kept West Brom up yeah. last game so of the season I, it's an amazing I'm, photo isn't there yeah. you just so on if I'm honest I, I, the following season once we stayed at West Brom obviously I came back to United pre-season mm-hmm. I wanted to go back to West Brom um, for another another year's loan mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to come back to Manchester because I, I had such a good time at West Brom I knew it was amazing as I said full England, England international I wanted to go and have another full season at West Brom and Robbo wanted me to go back, but the gaffer, Alex Ferguson, said, nah, we want you to stay here. I remember he got Kino to come up to me and speak to me and say, don't go, stay here, you'll get more chances. And I stayed. In hindsight, should, wish I had gone? No, because I, I always think everything's for a reason. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. What was it like keeping West Brom up? Oh, amazing. It was really, really a great time for me in my life. As I said before, at United, it was, nothing was really happening here in their appearances, but... When you when you go to West Brom and you're playing regularly, you actually feel like a proper season player. You know, you feel like proper loved. You know, obviously when all the fans love you and you're scoring goals and obviously keeping them up. That was a massive um, turning point in my career for sure. I feel I feel like that that catapulted me to another level. You say about being loved. Mm-hmm. So obviously I mentioned there's that photo of you because last end of the season you start at the bottom of the league and you end up avoiding mm-hmm. relegation mm-hmm. and you are being mobbed and it's an incredible picture but is it the following season or a couple within a few years mm-hmm. something happened and you were booed by West Brom fans right was I yeah what What? When I was playing against them yeah, yeah that's, that's just fans in general you know they're, they're not they forget easily but you know you maybe I can't, I can't remember that but I can remember every time I go back to West Brom I feel like I get a good reception. I can't You've remember. You've got that. some amazing stats, by yeah. the way, Sam. Have you got anything others? Yeah, but he's got, he's got, he's got. He's got your positive stories. He's got the crap you want to bring up about him. He's got the same stat about Roy Keane allowed music, <laughs> yeah. which is false. But um, if they did boo, he's I, not normal like this, you know. Yeah, he's normally all right. If, if they did boo, I can't, I can't, I can't remember it. I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find the ex- oh, oh. the experience of playing under Robbo? Was he quite a similar character to oh, Sir Alex Ferguson? Massive. It was, um, it was great. Even though I knew Robbo, but I never like I was I've never around him. He's, mm. he's not my era, so I, ne- I never trained with him. So he's, not, he's just obviously much older than me. But when I went to hit there, you could see how he had the Man United philosophy behind him. He was demanding, great, great, great manager. Really knew how to speak to a player, which I loved. He made me feel loved, gave me the confidence, mm-hmm. and he's just an absolute legend. Mm-hmm. You mentioned you got your England call up as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Was that like a, a bucket list moment? It was, it was out of the blue I never expected it obviously I had a great season in West Brom and I, and I think England were going on some little not little uh, after tournament thing for a few games in, in America and uh, playing against other teams and it, uh, the, to be honest the first time I saw it was live on Sky Sports my name just popped up it was there and I was like what? You didn't get a call before that ah, to say you're going to be in nope, it? didn't get a call I remember seeing it on Sky Sports and about an hour later I got a call <laughs> Uh, you stuck it on rewind yeah I, I remember I didn't get for a call. your first cap oh my goodness my first, I thought my that first was... thing I didn't get a call I, I got a call in a day but I saw it on Sky Sports who was the manager um, Ericsson Sven. Sven. what did you think when you saw it on the screen couldn't believe it did you have people call it like friends sorry, and where, yeah where were you sorry whereabouts were you watching it I think I was in my house I'm in South London 
<laughs> yeah, I'm sure I was. That's mental. Yeah, I, I, um, it was mental. And I just, you know, playing for your country is the biggest achievement that, you know, as any player would want to do. And to can't have that, to have, you can't get any higher. No. And to have that achievement and it was, it was, I was, it was amazing for me. You scored twice on your debut, right? Yes, yeah, so I, I scored twice on my debut. It's, it's funny how things are meant to, just meant to happen. I, I wasn't even meant to start that game. So it's crazy how things have just changed. I remember um, Stuart Downing was meant to start. And I think he got injured the, um, the day before in training. And um, we was practicing free kicks the day before as well in training. Because that's the thing we used to do at my, at my United. We'd always practice after training, yeah. like free kicks with Giggsy, Ronaldo, just always practicing. And I was practicing at England and I was hitting them like Rosette. I couldn't, I couldn't even find a bloody goal. And then when I, when I, got, when I got time starting, a free kick came up and I remember like, uh, I think it was Genus maybe, he was standing over and I was like, mate, I've got this, don't worry. He looked at me like, mate, I saw you yesterday training, yeah. mate. He was getting over the cap. I was like, no, no, trust me, I've got this. And obviously I put it top bins or whatever. And it's just, as I said, things are just meant to be, man. You had an exceptional record with free kicks. Mm -hmm. Is that something, like we've all heard about David Beckham as a young kid and having the tyre tied in the goal. Is that something you worked really hard on or was it just natural technique? And Yeah, I think throughout my whole career, I'd always work on free kicks. And as I said, with Man United, after training with the first team, we'd always practice things. You know, either it'd be crossing, mm. free kicks, Gary Neville doing 1v1 defending or heading. It's just a thing we know we did, you know, to try and, when you're, the, when you're the top level, you want to stay at that top level. You, you know, you've got to practice to be there. So it's always, it's always a thing that I worked on. It was free kicks. And it's always been good for me. So you came back after your spell at West Brom. Mm -hmm. Did Sir Alex Ferguson speak to you? Mm -hmm. What yes. did he say at the time? He just said, I told him how I felt like I wanted to go back to West Brom. Because obviously I'm coming off a, a great time. And he was like, no, stay. I feel like you, you'll get more, you'll get more opportunities, which I did. I got more, more, much more opportunities, which is fair enough. Um, and that was it really. And I was, obviously I said to him, oh, I want to go back. And he was like, no, he got Roy to speak to me. Obviously Roy being a captain, just saying stay basically. And I, I ended up staying. Mm -hmm. That was it. Were you content with that decision? Yeah, of course. Otherwise I wouldn't have done it. Otherwise, I Even though I, I can't put up a fight when the, when the main man is saying yeah. basically stay, I've got to stay. Mm -hmm. So we saw your Premier League winners medal earlier. Mm -hmm. What was that season like, chasing a title? It was unbelievable. Uh, it was really good. Obviously, I think we, we was battling against Chelsea. I think Chelsea were the ones who tied with us, and it was a hard season. I remember the turning point. The turning point where I actually, where I actually thought we, we won the league was against Everton away. I think we were one 0 down. We come back to win maybe three or four one. I can't remember. And that was like the time near, near the end of the season. That was the time I thought, you know what, we're going to win the league here, and obviously winning the league is, I can't think of anything better than that and I think at the time I think it might have been Wayne Rooney um, Ronaldo's first um, Premier League win, winner's medal as well I'm sure right. it was yeah same someone was. Eagles scored is it like, yeah um, someone Eagles yeah. scored he came yeah, on yeah. and scored yeah. I think we'd be in 4-1 or 3-1 yeah we, we would lose it we 1-0 down yeah. we was 1-0 down yeah. and I think Chelsea might have drew or something like that and we was like had a little gap and that's when I realised you know what we're going to win the league here and obviously winning it was you know it's, it's the best mm. yeah um, so what year was that? Sorry, remind me. Two thousand and seven. Two thousand and seven. Maybe you'd. I'd, I'd, I'd gone. Yeah, I'd fled the nest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was still around. He was still around. He was having his blue WKDs in the back of the bus with Luke Chadwick, then, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. Chad, <you> <laughs> Living Chad, his best life. Well. Oh, we had him on a few weeks, um, a couple of months ago. Right. So funny. Hilarious. Oh, he was a funny guy. He was Chad, telling yeah. some funny stories. Him and Shazy, that, that whole little. Obviously, they're older than me. Yeah. But, who did you make a bond with in the team? Um in the first what, team first team yeah 
I'd probably say Rio has been my, always been my bond. Obviously, my, my background with him. Yeah. I knew him before Manchester United. Uh, obviously, I've, I'm a family friend for a long, long time. And I'm still a f- friend with him. So I'd probably say Rio's probably my, my one. But you know what? The whole dressing room, everyone made me feel welcome. You know, the Gary Neville, Phil Neville, these were great guys. Who, you know, always, they knew, they knew, they, they'd been in the position I'd been in mm-hmm. as a youngster. So you'd, you'd, you'd always find the, the local Manchester lads would go out their way you know, the gigs, skulls and things like that. They'll try and make you feel welcome because they, they've been there, they've done it. Mm. So I'd say them type of guys, the English-based guys would mm-hmm. go out their way. Even though the foreign lads were great as well, but you'd always find the English-based ones would always go that extra length with you. Mm-hmm. Did you find yourself being friends with people who'd also come up from the academy? Yeah, so as you said, my, my like roommate, my room, and, yeah. yeah, these guys, they lived on my road. Yeah. Uh, my roommate was David Jones, Jonah. He was, he was he was my roommate and um fletcher was next door fletch you know fletch was a great guy still is a great mm-hmm. guy i remember fletch fletch I remember fletch left school early he, was, he i think he's he come to man united like 15, 15 he left yeah. school he, right. he, he, he binned it didn't he yeah they I finished school earlier in scotland though yeah. didn't they oh did they no yeah. I, I, mean, I thought he binned it off i think the gaffer said no. to him you know what i just come back to there was a story <laughs> about that in fletch's podcast but i can't really remember it was, was something there? about skill and so I remember Fletch remember? just being there yeah. like full time and he wasn't even the right age. Yeah. No. Gaffer Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it's funny, but nah, you know, when you're seeing guys that are around, obviously Fletch was a year older than me and so it gave us aspiration, you know, he was breaking the yeah. first team, it gave us confidence. Mm-hmm. On a different topic, positionally, you moved around the pitch quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Was that something you were always open to? Did you, like when you were younger, did you feel like, oh, I want to be a left winger or central mm-hmm. midfield or, because eventually you consistently a left back. Yeah. There you go. Um, throughout my career, I'd always been a midfield player. Through, from a youngster, from Man United, FA Youth Cup, reserves, teams. I was always midfield. And I, I played it, I feel like I played it well. But I remember I remember when Carlos Queiroz came to Man United, he pulled me over one time and said, have you thought about being a left back? You know, my whole career, I'd never played in a defender. And you, and you know, it's not like defenders now. Defenders now, like, wow, the fullbacks are wow. Like, mm-hmm. we, we, we rate them so highly right now but back then as a defender even though it wasn't my thing I was like no nah, I don't want to be a defender I've always been a midfield player it was like not an insult but I think Carlos Cuero saw something there was like you know what you can play left back and, I, I, and to be fair I said to him you know what Carlos not for me mate when I think about it now I should have done it because obviously I, I, I would have gone I don't stayed know stayed on yeah, yeah I, 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 I would have stayed yeah. longer and, and at these times Ever wasn't at the club Patrice mm. Ever wasn't at the club and they went on to go and buy Patrice and pff, he's had a great career as well but I'm just saying I, I'd never thought about being a left back and did then, you actually say sorry I don't fancy it mate I said no I, said yeah. no to, I, didn't, I didn't say mate <laughs> <laughs> did you say I don't fancy it no, Carlos be, being respectful but, you know yeah. being respectful and saying you know what Carlos I just can't see myself I've never it's foreign it's foreign to me yeah. it's like saying a striker you're going to play centre back you don't you don't do it he doesn't know it but Carlos and I think the gaffer as well obviously must have talked they've seen something and maybe they can see how fullbacks are becoming so predominant in the game you know, Carlos Queiroz was a great coach you know honestly I loved him and as, you, as we've seen now you see the fullbacks the Walkers and all these guys the Cancelos at Man City these guys are changing games Trent yeah. they're, they're dictating games from yeah. the left back or the right back which is crazy and to be fair from, throughout my career I did play left back a lot and I feel like I did a good job at it as well because you were covering for Ainsa wasn't it G- Gabby Ainsa yeah, so injured that, that season Gabby got injured mm-hmm. uh, he was out for a long time and I, I came in at left back and I, I played ball there yeah. and I showed how okay I actually thought you know what I actually could be a left back 
I did kind of I didn't find it easy because it's it's different. It's, you know, you're thinking a lot more in defend as a defender when you're playing in midfield and in the strikers. Yeah, you're thinking, but as a defender, concentration concentration more, yeah. is the key for mm-hmm. the main thing as a defender. And I had to learn that more going back in the defense. Mm-hmm. What was it like when you finally had to leave United? Because you already talked about mm-hmm. the fact that maybe in your head you thought, well, maybe I'll have a career away from here. Whatever happens, yeah. was it was that a really difficult decision, or were you happy about it? It wasn't a difficult decision. I left. I think I left in. I think I'm, I, can't, I left when I was 22, 23. Still a young kid. Yeah, so mm. young. Baby. Mm-hmm. When I think about it now. I've done so much in that little period from for me, like it was amazing. At the time you think, Oh yeah, leave United Which is true, only way is down. When you leave on United, they're the, the best team in the country. Yeah, you're gonna go down. But I always feel like, you know, if I'm playing still in the Premier League, I'm not too stressed about it. I remember Sir Ferguson saying like Um Sunderland coming for a bid with you. Roy Roy was Roy was the manager at Sunderland at the time. Whose decision was it? Did you go see the gaffer or did the gaffer pull you in? The gaffer, ca- gaffer called. I think the gaffer called me. Oh, yeah. He might call my dad. Oh, maybe my dad. And he said to me, oh, he said basically to me, he was like, I don't want you to, st- I don't, I don't want you to go, but, but I've had a bid. So there you go. There's a, there's a story. Which, yeah. we, But I appreciate it. And it was the best for, move for me at the time. And uh, as I said, I went to Sunderland and, you know, I've done well there. Mm-hmm. Was it because of Keeney being there that you went to Sunderland? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I had a chance to go to Everton. Right, okay. I could have gone to Everton. David Moyes at Everton wanted me right. to go there, which is another big club, Everton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I was tempted as well because obviously David Moyes was a great manager. Everton was around the corner. I'm living in Manchester. Yeah, really, that's why you see a lot of players from Manchester go to Everton or whatever. It's local for us. Mm-hmm. We're in that little cluster of teams. But Roy was manager at Sunderland. I always had a good relationship with Roy. And I, I just like the way he was. I know sometimes he can come across hard and whatever, but for me, it's, it's what I needed as a mm-hmm. player. So that was a big decision for me to go there. Roy. Was he different as a team captain to being then manager? No. Still ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he, no, I still, for me, the same. I don't know what it is. He's, he's always been the same with Roy. I, I, I enjoyed him as a manager, um, but that's just me being probably being biased. I've got the whole yeah, but also you were used to the Manchester United way. Standards, isn't it? There yeah. you yeah. go. I, I, I was used to that way. I was, I was used to that demand of Roy. Yeah. You know, if you're not doing well or whatever, he'll just tell you, mate. And if mm-hmm. you can't handle it, just go away. And he, even as a manager, he, he'd be the same. You know, if he wasn't playing well, you know what, with Roy, if you're doing it on the park, mate, he won't even, he won't even speak to you. You just, you know, you're doing anything, carry on doing it. And if you're not doing it, he'll just tell you. And if you can't handle that, and some people couldn't handle it, I've seen bust ups and things like that it just it's, it's, it's life it's the mm-hmm. game you know and he, he just wants the best for the club and his team and that's it so when you moved there were they in the Premier League, Premier League. they just came up to the Premier League they just came up yeah, yeah. Roy, Roy just got got them promoted from, from the championship into the yeah. Premier League and I was a bit like oh they're a championship team I didn't, I didn't know but I realised obviously Roy's a manager I realised that they're the massive massive fan base mm-hmm. and you don't realise until you actually sign for the club, how big of a club it is. You know, when you get up there in the northeast, that's all they have, mate, is football. Mm. Honestly, you, you, it's, it's, not, it's not a joke. Up there is like, there's nothing else. There's nothing going on. Mm-hmm. In Newcastle and in Sunderland, it's just football. They're just crazy. And I'd say they're probably the most passionate people I've ever seen. Even much more than Manchester, much more. They're just proper, because they don't, it's hard. There's nothing going on up there. No. They, live, they live for the Saturday. So they're, they're, they're working all week, picking up their checks, 
and they go to the game on Saturday and they just made that's their thing that's their that's their main thing for them in, in that city and I, I, I love Sunderland I lived in Sunderland for two years actual city itself people say to me why are you, why are you living in Sunderland it's like not, did you not get mobbed everywhere you went you know what they, they, they let yeah but they, they let me do my thing to be fair they, they were cool with me I lived in the city centre and all the players would say to me why are you living in the city centre I, I don't know I just like I like it I like it here. a lot of the players would live out of the, the city yeah. like Durham or yeah. up in Newcastle ways Newcastle's more built up more built up city but I just I just don't know I just, I just loved it there mm-hmm. did you feel going there under pressure because you'd come from United yeah but you know what and it also Keeney brought you in as yeah, well yeah so. it wasn't pressure I felt confident I felt like yeah, yeah you know what I, I didn't look down on the club no, no, no. but I felt like you know what I'm coming from the best team in the world I've been around the best players in the world if I'm honest I'm not well, I, ain't, I ain't gonna have to worry about it. I just wanna go out there have a, have, get, get, get some games going on my belt and have, have a good run at it but my first season was a bad season because I got injured. Um, when I when I left Man United, that before I left that summer, I played in a European European Championship under twenty ones, and I got injured badly. I fractured my back, but I never I never knew I fractured my back. I, I wasn't starting for the twenty ones, England and twenty ones in the tournament. So I I kind of think that played its part with Man United as well, where you're thinking, what? Okay, the guy can't even play for England twenty ones. Mm-hmm. Why is he going to play for us? Basically, um, but I had a bad injury. So when I, when I went went to Sunderland. I'm surprised they didn't pick it up in the medical. Yeah, yeah. I, I fractured my um, one of my spine, my spine up, L1 or L, I can't remember what it was. And I remember playing. The, I was, I, don't, I was, I was saying to the um, the physios in pre-season, my spine on my back. No one could, no one, no one picked it up. In the first game of the season against Liverpool, Sunderland, against Liverpool, I feel it just go bang, and I was out for like six months. I was in a cast, like a proper cast, round my, my my thing like that. Yeah, it was. We were talking about a cast coming down with Johnny. Was John? He was in one. Is in a cast. He got put in a cast yeah. from there to there when he was yeah. 15. So he yeah. had a stress fracture. There you go. So I had a similar. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was a nightmare. I had this thing around me. And I, I remember being out and thinking, oh, you know what? I just come to this new club. I, yeah. I, it's hard. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm injured straight away. The, the fan, fans are excited to see you. The fans are yeah. excited to see me. Now they're not. It's just withering out. And I, I came back from injury. I remember I came back from injury. Bolton at home. I scored. And it was like, wow. Yeah, amazing. And that's... I, was, I, didn't, I didn't get overweight when I was injured I was a bit not tubby but and I remember <laughs> I, love that I, I, I remember I remember <laughs> when the season had finished I know what you're saying yeah I remember the, the season the season finished and I thought you know what next season I need to I need to be the main guy I need to start it right so what I did was usually in the summer you go off you go on your holidays I, I trained like mentally trained and I, I was probably the fittest condition I'd ever been in as a footballer mm. I remember coming back to pre-season at Sunderland and Roy was like he couldn't believe it, mate. He was like, mate, like I'm just, I was running, 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 head and shoulders above everyone else. My, my, my fitness levels were crazy. And that season at, at Sunderland was my turning point. I had a great season, whatever was going on, doing well, scoring goals, doing M- MOMs and things like that. So that was, my, that, was my, that was my turning point, you know, making that decision where, you know what, I've got to stay back, work on my fitness, mm-hmm. lose, lose eight kg, you know, and just try and, try and work on my game. And I did that. Mm-hmm. What was it like getting that consistent run? Because you got 150 odd games for Sunderland, and mm-hmm. I suppose prior to that point, especially then, obviously when you arrived, you were injured. You'd always been a bit in and out of teams. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's great. I always say, to young players, you need to play games. It's hard when you know you see, you see guys on the edge. They're good, they're good players. Mm-hmm. Not that they're good players. They just need a run at it, and that's where they can show their talents. And when you when you get that, you know, it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling where. You know, you're playing every week, getting picked, and you, your confidence. That's when your true confidence comes out, playing every week. 
don't you can't you, there's no you can't get a rhythm when you're playing one game you're out for four mm. yeah. you, you can never a, a fan can never see the best of you when you, if, you're, if you're playing one game and then you're playing you're not seeing you again for another month it's hard it's hard work and you don't get you don't you don't get that connection with your teammates who know your who yeah. know your game as well you've really went on to play around the country haven't you Mm-hmm. Manchester, Sunderland, Fulham, mm-hmm. Villa, yes. Cardiff. Mm-hmm. During all that time, you've mentioned how Rio was a family friend. You've spoken to him, you were very close to Roy. Who was your kind of mentor that you would have phoned for advice? Did you have someone like that during your career? Um, I'd always been my dad. Mm-hmm. I'd always call my dad for advice. No, not really footballers. Not Yeah, I have friends and that, but not for actual real advice and talking about my game. Maybe yeah. like, I'm sure most footballers, they've their biggest fans are their family mm-hmm. and they're, they're their biggest critics as well mm-hmm. they, let, they, they keep it real with you and tell you the truth and if you've had a bad game or whatever they tell you would your parents would your dad follow you around the country oh yeah my dad's yeah. been my dad my dad and mum yeah I've been following me around the country since I was eight years old mm-hmm. you know and even to the, to the day I retired my dad was going to all the way games he, my dad would go to all the way games everywhere around the country doesn't matter where it was he could be in he could be in Jamaica he'd be there watching me play I did um, see an interview when you said when you did retire, people would tell you you missed football, but you didn't. No, I don't. I don't. So you had peace with the fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my time. Yeah, I don't. I don't miss football. When I when I hit when I hit age thirty, I kind of was ready. It's mm-hmm. weird. It's done. I can only speak of my own experience. I think maybe because I had other passions off the field, which which we know about now, selling watches and things like that. So I was kind of ready for it, but. Um, as I said, when I hit age 30, I was kind of ready for retirement at even that age. so young. Mm-hmm. It, it just shows where my mind was kind of at at that time. Even though I, I love football, I love it. I still love it now. But I realised football's not everything. I know some people, it's their life, it's their God, whatever. It's not mine. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a family man. My kids and that come first. And the retirement's been very easy for me. I'm not one of those guys who come out and say to Sky Sports, I'm retiring. I want to pop up on the screen, oh, this and that. I don't care. You know, I'd rather just be the guy, just go out the back, yeah. forget about me, just let me crack on. I'm doing my mm-hmm. own thing now. I'm 37 years old, still young. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tell when I, when I Do see, you think now you could still be playing? Uh, no, no, only, no? Because, only because of my injuries, my calf. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd tell you a story quickly. Um, West Brom, I, after Cardiff, I had like a year out. And Moro, Darren Moore, became manager mm-hmm. of West Brom. Obviously, I know him. Yeah. I went back there. They wanted me to come back. To, I went there pre-season into um, West Brom. I broke. I would have got a contract, but I broke down in the bloody game. I pulled my hamstring, pulled my car at the same time, and um, yeah, it was crazy. So you actually had a year out. Yeah, I think a year out. So you finished it. You finished at Cardiff. Yeah, I finished. I had a you year, had a year out, out. Had a year out, and then what did you do in that year? Just my, my messing company, about. My, no, my company not messing about. Right. Like, I'm business mangies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. Um, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was doing. He's my buying Casios. That's what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. I was doing my company work. My just cracking on. Um, but I was. Moro called me. He's like, "Oh, come, come, have come down and see yeah, yeah. yeah, it goes basically." And I was like, "You know what? West Brom. I had my connection with West Brom. Yeah. So I was like, I knew the manager. I was like, let me go and see. Went there." Mate, I was doing pre-season, went to Scotland with him and everything, flying really well. But my body just—I always had problems in my later in my career with my calf. Uh, really played me up. I remember I was playing Swindon away, Swindon away, and I felt my hamstring just ping and my calf just ping like that. And I carried on to to half time, and he bought me off because we, players were changing over pre-season. Yeah. And I remember I was like, he was like, "You're right, you're right." I was like, "Yeah, I'm all right, I'm all right, Gaffer. Don't worry." I knew 
it was gone. Yeah. And he said, oh, I'll see you Monday. I went in Monday um, at Westbourne Training Ground and I said to the physio, you know what, mate, something wrong here. He's like, you sure? Went for a scan, mate. He said, like, you look, you're out for at least two, two, no, six, eight weeks out. And at this time, their season's yeah, just starting. Yeah, yeah. They, I remember Kieran Gibbs was a left back at West Brom. They wanted me and Gibbo to be the left backs at West Brom. Mm-hmm. But obviously I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. start the season eight weeks away, just, just before the season started. And did you get the love again for it? The bug for it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Loved it. Really, really loved it. It's weird. It's weird. And I, I wanted. I, I actually thought I was gonna. I thought it was, it was gonna happen for me. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, injuries and things like that it could just change a blink of an eye. Because mm. if I wouldn't have got that injured, I would have signed for West Brom for at least a season. And it's crazy, isn't it? That's mad. Yeah, it's mad. Was uh, there also a chance you were gonna go out to La Liga? Yeah. So yeah. So when I left Cardiff, I got a phone call from Tony Adams. At this time, I'm not. I'm not really in the foot. I'm not thinking about football. I'm like a year yeah. in and whatever's going on and he was like oh come out here and see like basically come out here so I went out to um, what was the team called Granada yeah went out to Granada great training ground by the way I was surprised yeah. you know I'm not used to Spain I don't know Spain went, mm-hmm. to, went to Granada beautiful city beautiful went to training ground did training if I'm honest Spanish football was kind of easier tempo's a lot slower it's just more I found it quite it was alright yeah but at the time, they were going down Granada. They, they were like relegated. And he, um, Tony Adams said to me, oh, the, um, the, the guys above me, they don't want to buy enough, pay you, whatever, because we're down, basically. I was like, cool, fair enough. Well, no, mate, it's carrying my business. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, no. He, he so was, you'd have gone there and just play for nothing? I didn't, I didn't play. I just, no, I didn't, no, but that's what Tony wants you to do. No, 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 no. no, no. So I did contract. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So basically, he said you might just leave because yeah. we can't offer you no money. So I was like, all right, no problem. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. Great guy. Mr. <laughs> nice Mr. to see Spian. Mr. Arsenal. Mr. Arsenal. To be fair, that was the first time I met Tony Adams properly. And I'm obviously a massive Arsenal fan. So it was, it was great for me. I was like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go meet, I'm gonna meet Mr. Arsenal anyway. I don't care. Yeah. So, um, which, which was great. So, and after that, and that was it really. Just. So you said you don't miss football, but do you go and watch football now? Oh, I, I, miss, I miss the players. I miss my, the, the banter. Yeah. Room, I, yeah. I miss the dressing room. I don't actually miss the going out on a three o'clock. Mm-hmm. Even though I love it, I, I watch I watch football all the time on TV. I'm watching all the teams that I used to play for. I, I support all all of them, United, all my teams. But I actually don't really miss it. Maybe because I'm so busy with my my other businesses and things mm-hmm. like that, I don't think about it. Um, but it's weird because when I was playing as a kid, the pressure's a lot different now. I feel like I when I speak to my 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 footballer friends. If I'm honest, some of them are really ready to go now. I don't want to say names and things like that, but they, they, they're kind of like me when I was 30. They're like, you know what? I can't wait to bloody retire, mm-hmm. mate. Because we, you know, we've been doing it so long. Your I life's I know, not your I, own, I, is yeah, it? Yeah, I, I know every football is different. You know, you look at the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo. These guys are just unbelievable. You know, always, always on it, the best. Mm-hmm. Which is that's the reason why they're the best in the world. But I feel like. For me, I don't know. I just fell fell out of love with it. I did, I did, I did, it wasn't my main thing when I was around thirty three. I just like I was ready. I was ready to go, <laughs> and I, I and I don't. As I said, I don't I have no I have no regrets. I don't mm-hmm. I don't miss it. I just missed I missed the people around the club. Mm-hmm. Missed the football club. That's it. Yeah. How do you feel listening to that? I, it's on, Yeah. Mm. That's yeah. I think you can ask any footballer. Yeah. Anybody will say the same thing. Everybody misses the dressing room. Yeah, there's nothing like there's nothing mm. like walking in on a 
10 o'clock in the morning just getting absolutely slaughtered because you've got whether it's a dodgy pair of yeah. trainers dodgy top on mm-hmm. anything it's just it's ruthless yeah it was but it's all for the right reason it's all just yeah Mickey taking it's great yeah it was great I, I, I did love it as I said I watch football I do like it mm-hmm. but it's not like I don't miss the actual playing itself no mm-hmm. you've been playing it so long my whole life I've been playing it and as I said you, I've told you my story I've, I've had passions other passions in my life and it's, luckily enough I've been I've had the financial backing of whatever my career to go into that field yeah. you know I, I always say to footballers you're, you're 35 years old your kids you're still young you've got so much in front of you and I feel like know PFA and things like that they don't, they don't really tell you what's going on like they, they tell you oh do a pension that's all that's all the information I ever got from PFA and uh, I don't want to slaughter them but I'm, I'm being honest when I was a kid they said just do a pension I remember when I was at Carrington I must have been about 18 or something I mean they came in they, they come in once a season in pre-season yeah. do a little talk say this and that oh do your pension and I was like oh, okay cool and they, they tell you how much you want to put into your pension and I, I always put very minimum, the minimum into the pension. And they said to me, why are you doing that? And I was like, because I've got other things I can put my pension into property. As you said, we're here today in my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, always, I've always been into property as a kid. So I always thought, I don't want to go down the PFA route. And I remember now when I hit 35, I got, I got to get my pension. Now the players only get 55, 55 yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. I don't know why that happens. I don't know, I don't, I don't, it's mental. Yeah. We retire at 35 average, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, yeah. So why are they getting at 55? I don't understand. No. So I was lucky enough, I was the last age. Well, where, where do you get that what? knowledge from to do that at an early age? In property? Yeah. Of your dad or yeah, your parents? I think, yeah, or? For, my, for my parents. You know what it is? My, my background, my, my family, I've always been grafters. Yeah. I remember when I was five years old, six years old, I was sitting in the, my mum's, my dad's video shop working, um, serving customers, doing videos. Mm. And we, I've had a sandwich shop. That was so good. That I've had a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Remember, you so go in there, yeah, look at the thing, unbelievable. Look at the picture. I go to go to the counter three five seven. Yeah. Take it. You was it extra vision or was that just in Northern Ireland? Extra vision. Huh? No, we we had, we had we had blockbuster. blockbuster. Yeah. We had different ones. That was I'm, class. I'm going back. That was class, right? Yeah, yeah was so at, good. Look at the picture. I think yeah, it looks decent. Make sure you got 24 hours and that's it. Yeah. If you feel late, you get fined. You got fined if you rewind it. Yours were never late though, were they? Mine's never late. So yes, yeah, so I've always my family. I've always been working class background, just just basically entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I was saying the other day on a podcast, we used to own a, um, a coat hanger, coat hanger company. My mum and dad. I know when you go into uh, dry cleaners, the coat hangers. Yeah, I used to have a factory in Deptford as a kid. We used to make coat hangers and go and deliver them to all dry cleaners around London. And um, funny story, my mum used to when I had to go West West Ham training, we used to drive in a big red van. We we me Anton Glenn Johnson Anton Ferdinand. We to, before training, she'd say to lads, we're going to the dry cleaners. You've got to deliver all them boxes, a hundred boxes in the back. Take them at the back into the dry cleaners, then go to training. So I feel like from a early, early age, I've always had that work yeah. ethic yeah. in me. So even now when I'm in business, it's, I find it very natural, natural yeah. from my parents. Mm-hmm. So that's where I get it from. Mm. It's crazy. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Brilliant. So this feels like a redundant question because I feel like you, you're so organized in your life and you've managed to move on from football even before you'd finished mm-hmm. when you look at your career is there anything you'd do differently um it's a hard question it's something not really because i think every, everything happens for a reason i'm i'm very blessed you know i've met a lot of great people in my career a lot of friends um the biggest thing for me in football i've met so many great people i know the football accolades are great as well but you know being around the people as i said i mentioned names to you at man united i can mention that for another four clubs 
connected with kit mans and things like that. They're just great people to meet, friends. Um, pff, nah, there's nothing. I don't really have any regrets like that. Not really. If I could change one thing, when I was at Man United, I could have took it a bit. Not took it. I, I took it serious, but I could have been proper more bang on it with professionalism. Even though I'm, I, I was always a professional, but the way I was at Sunderland, like being that that guy. If I would have been that guy at Man United, it could have been a bit different. But it doesn't matter. It's football. Seems like a good place to finish it. Thank you so much. It's thanks been... for having me, guys. Cheers, no, thank you for thank coming you. out. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, no, thanks for coming. Yeah. You're yeah. welcome anytime. Yeah. anytime. <laughs> How good was that? Good? Enjoy? It's it? amazing. Very good. My Interesting. My favourite thing about this podcast, because all of them are interesting, but it's really fun, and it's, maybe it's because it's a sunny day, is when you sit down and you talk to someone who's really positive. Yes, it just makes you feel I totally good. agree. Especially after we've just done the Davide Petrucci and we felt the same after that one, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, just, just positive just, people. Yeah, just puts you in a good mood for the day. Yeah. It's great. It's easy to see how I think, you speak to someone, someone like Kieran, you can see how he's made a career for himself and how he's made mm-hmm. the best of what he's got because his, his mindset is so so focused from and so su- forward from thinking. such a young yeah. age as well. You know, yeah. Buying watches at six-year-old little Casio's, that's class. <laughs> Following it. That's he's still that. talking about the watches. <laughs> I know, but I think it's brilliant that not just football's in his life. Yeah. You know, he's gone on to do something so much... Passion. Passion. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just got to follow your passion. You know, you know, you talk to footballers week in, week out, or we do, and, you know, they have a passion for football, but I don't think we've ever come anyone after to talk about what they do after football. You know what, though? Sometimes I wonder if people feel brave enough to talk about it. I wonder if people feel yeah, like they kind have of to. typecast yeah. just to be in, in football. That's so true. I just love talking to people that have been through the academy system. And system. Yeah, it's, it's always fascinating, what's wrong isn't with it? me today? I can't speak. No. Um, I just think there's such an added pressure on academy players to break through to the Man United first team, and there's such a pressure on them. Well, like and I thing, like hearing that it's, story. It's a thing you've said before loads of times. Also, from, from like a fan's perspective outside... If United, like Anthony Martial, let's use him as an example. If United spend a load of money on a teenager from outside, everybody's excited. Yeah. And people are more excited, often, I think, outside the club yeah. about that 18-year-old than, say, I don't know, Adnan Yanazai, someone who the club have been working with for years and developing mm-hmm. and putting him in the team. And they're, they're, they're more concerned about sometimes where the money's been spent and yeah. that player coming from the outside. Mm-hmm. Because the players within the system, like you've said before, we've seen their mistakes. We've mm-hmm. seen them, I don't know, miss a penalty or commit, yeah. uh, give a penalty or mm. commit a foul or get sent off or whatever and so there's almost less interest in I don't know yeah I have no idea coming through the academy I always find it really interesting listening to those players love that one yeah uh, I've got a tweet here from uh, Besha who's just listened to the Rafa podcast and said well I'm Fabio of course had a smile on my face from start to finish I always enjoy your podcast but this one had me smiling a lot so thanks for that Got one from Elsa Gowery here. She said, hi team, love all the podcasts and have listened to every one. Please, can you get on Martin Buchan? We will try our best. Um, and she's in Adelaide, South Australia. Been there? Have you? Have you been there? <laughs> uh, Adelaide, no. Never been to Australia. Have you been to Australia? No, I'd I've like to, though. I've been to Australia no. a few times, yeah. yeah. Very nice. Thank you. But anyway. All yeah. the way from down under. Happy days. And once again, thank you so much for listening to us. If you want to get in touch, you can. The address is unitedpodcast.mainunited.co.uk. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to help us out, you can subscribe or you can leave a review or like a five-star review. That's really helpful. And we will see you on the next one next week. Have a lovely week until then. See you later. Bye-bye.